0: Yes, yes, yes. Okay, now what about volume? Crank it up a little bit. Already set. Okay. Okay, talk a little bit, Amy. Sure. Hello, Eugenia. Talk for an hour and a half, please. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to see you. It's nice it. to see you too. I'm glad we're redoing this. Me too. Take two. Mercy for the win. You're not allowed to to preview it this time. I'll try to like, from the cortex, know what you can and cannot say. This is going out to the universe. It's It's crazy. It feels so amazing to record things and put them mm-hmm. out there. Like it just takes the conversation to some other level. I can't describe it, but it's... It's really an interesting journey, and every time I finish a recording, I have that sense of purpose that, Mm. you know, that I'm supposed to be doing this, and Mm -hmm. it feels good. So, I love our juicy, delicious conversations in (laughs) ordinary reality, so (laughs) being able to record them is just that much more of a treat. Well, thank you very much. So, welcome, Amy Walton. You're one of my favorite human beings. Thank you. You're a mom, and a psychologist, and... In progress, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So In you progress. you finished up your... No, it's
1: quite a lengthy process, oh, okay. which is fine. So I finished my master's last July, mm-hmm. submitted my transcripts to the College of Alberta Psychologists, was conditionally approved, but needed a higher level biopsych. Like, they put everything into categories, so the biological base for behavior. I had a 200 level, needed a 300 oh. or higher. Okay, that's so, interesting. Um, so, yeah, just to kind of make sure they cover all the, you know, key areas. So I did BioPsych 402, which actually was a blessing. It was amazing. I loved the course. I loved the content. BioPsych, hey? Like, yeah. What is that about? Um, yeah, just the neurobiology, basically understanding some of the basic brain regions and then delving deep into each one, you know, within a undergrad level course, but still. Yeah. So just understanding... Um, all the pathways that are at work through yeah. the yeah is it was very interesting I liked it a lot and it will help me for preparing to study for the P exam and also helps me in my practice right to mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. just that deeper understanding of what is at play when this is showing up in the room just mm-hmm. to have that truly that biological understanding of wow, there's a complex system underneath whatever this is that we're seeing, right? Even satiation, even like the hunger, even how, I mean, I didn't know um, leptin, which is a neurohormone that is released when there's a certain amount of fat circulating through the blood. So when the system is working, it tells you stop eating. But once um, a person becomes overweight, it goes into reverse, and leptin Mm -hmm. actually tells you to keep eating. Or at least keeps you hungry, right? So there's sometimes these oversimplistic like, "Well, just eat less or cut your calories and make sure," you know, "that's that's the formula." And you're like, "Yes, but there's also there's something driving these things <laughs> happening," and yeah. even how many pathways uh, are involved with you know the hunger cues. It's not just one; it's several. And how mm. um, even being hungry changes parts of the brain that tell you know it alters uh, your taste receptors so food actually tastes better when you're very hungry so that Mm -hmm. you can um, maybe eat more if you're if there's some scarcity concern your brain doesn't differentiate right if there is actual scarcity
0: or you're just really hungry right well I can attest to that or not the actual taste but just fasting you know doing different um, cleanses and fasts over the years and The garbage actually smelling really enticing to me, right? Like, you get to that point of hunger, you're like, okay, uh, I'll just eat anything. Absolutely. That garbage over there, yeah, I want it (laughs) to.
1: I know, and that's something I'm like really trying to be more aware of just for myself and like, why is it that that's my favorite way of soothing right Uh, like the snacking I'm like I want to go back to where you know I had a a more healthy relationship I think with food where it's Mm. like you're nourishing and it's there to enjoy and you know and sometimes I'm like stress eating has become a real a real problem. And then it's like to understand all the cues my body's trying to give for satiation and I'm like plowing right through and I'm like, right? It doesn't feel good when you know that your system is saying, right. stop, but something is overriding saying, nope, this feels great. Well,
0: so. that's just the, the power of, well, that just tells you the power of the head, you know, cognition and thoughts versus the power of instinct. Right? Yeah. Like I love how Gordon Neufeld talks about Um, standing in front of a train and trying to stop a train Hmm. like Mm -hmm. and that's the emotion and that's the instinct that's the power it's coming with the force of a train especially with a young unintegrated child right who doesn't have mixed feelings and can't stop Mm -hmm. their own train right they don't kind of have they're not able to sense at the same time the part of them that isn't just frustrated and actually cares for the person. So Mm how comes the hit or the yell or the, you know, but we have those exact same impulses and drives and they are like trains. It's just harder to, yeah, it's harder to pit our will against those drives.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And looking at like, I'm, I'm listening to the book, uh, the body keeps the score by Bessa Vanderbilt. Right? So good. Um, And just really stepping into that awareness and we're even, you know, professionally and personally, like how much is happening in the body and that our nervous system is powerful. And even, you know, Besser van der Kolk, van der Kolk has said he doesn't believe we can come into addiction without trauma.
0: And yeah, of course so not. all
1: of these things that we see as, you know, harmful and unhelpful behaviors, they may be so. But we will try to regulate mm. <laughs> regardless of yeah. what, what pathway we're taking. Addiction that is drive a is so way strong, to regulate. Right? hmm So, some of these behaviors, like just how you said in the context of like trying to stop a freight train, um, when there's unbearable sensations or whatever is happening in our visceral experience, Mm -hmm. we're going to try to adapt. Like, we're going to try to survive and just to have that compassionate lens and that awareness. Totally. Right? And then extending it to ourselves also. I'm like, okay. I think I want to try doing some like mindful. Just some mindful meditations before I sit down for dinner, and just sort of check in with myself and how was my day and what, because I know that sometimes I think the answer is butter chicken, and you're like, it's not the answer. <laughs>
0: the answer <laughs> Delicious. is more butter chicken. Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> it's like yeah.
1: Plate two, you're like, you don't even know. you don't need that. Hey, don't
0: take away yeah. my butter chicken now. I know, on homemade nan bread, you're just like, yeah, so Let's good. See what we're doing. So good. You know, it's funny because. Yesterday, I observed myself going into defensive detachment. Hmm. Um, So that's that instinct that Gordon describes where the instincts just basically back out of the relationship. And Mm -hmm. the defenses kick in. And you essentially just stop caring. Like layers and layers of not caring just kind of are coming in, right, to protect you. And it it was the littlest, dumbest thing. And it reminded me of one of his stories where he describes that he is he's out in some other you know town or something doing some lecture and he can't wait to get home and he has Mm -hmm. like a million things to tell his wife and he's just so excited to see her and he gets her on the phone and and she's kind of preoccupied with something else right she's got her own life she's doing this and that and for the grandkids and Mm -hmm. the other kids and you know everything's going on as usual and oh yeah okay I'll see you when you get home and then and then she's not there and then she comes home and she's busy and oh hey you know what did you want to Talk to me about how was your trip? Good. Mm-hmm. And away went mm-hmm. all of those things that mm-hmm. he wanted to share. Right? Just um, that feeling of excitement and wanting to to see his wife just mm-hmm. kind of got defended against. Mm-hmm. Right? And I could I saw um, that thing happening to me yesterday when I went to um, the. Uh, building where my wife works um it's not a school, technically just a like a education center and she was doing a workshop and I went to attend, but I was waiting in the lobby and she got preoccupied and and had to do something for about ten minutes and I had this feeling of excitement, like, oh, I can't wait to see her and I brought lunch and everything right <laughs> <laughs> and there I am, waiting in anticipation and just so excited right mm-hmm. like um can't wait to see her and then she texts me be down in two minutes and 10 minutes goes by and i can feel these layers Mm -hmm. coming in Mm -hmm. where i just start to feel more and more aloof and -hmm. that usually doesn't happen to me like usually Mm -hmm. i'm pretty you know i'm pretty alpha and i could take care of myself i pull out my phone i get something done no problem i'm pretty um i don't experience a great deal of impatience Mm -hmm. regularly but um something about the way I felt sitting in that lobby. Like there was a security guard there. There was mm-hmm. a man who kind of not interrogated me, but just kind of was like, why are you here? What school are you from? And like, mm-hmm. I just felt like I'm not supposed to be here or something. <laughs> you know? And right. I'm waiting kind of awkwardly in the yeah. lobby going, like, get me out of here. Yeah. But it wasn't like this threatening situation. It was just mm-hmm. this feeling of like, I can't wait to see her. And also I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. sitting here waiting and and then just I could just feel these defenses coming in and I started to argue with myself mm-hmm. oh no 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 no! hold on to that other feeling i yeah. wanting to see <laughs> hold on to the caring and and then she comes down with someone else some stranger and oh this is so and so and normally I'd be mm-hmm. quite cordial like oh hi how are you what do you do who are yeah. you or someone who else who is also going to attend the course and I just felt this aloofness mm. Mm. And I I can't hide how I'm feeling in my face. And she kind of grabbed me and she touched my arm and she squeezed it. I think she could sense that I wasn't really with her in an usual way. And she was like, hi, hi, Mm. how are you? Mm -hmm. And she just connected to my eyes and she brought me back down and I kind of thought out and I was like, good to see you right right but I I knew what was happening Mm -hmm. as it was happening and Mm -hmm. I still couldn't prevent it from happening right which being what you know knowing what you know (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: having led the number of seminars that you've led it kind of is eye-opening to realize how challenging it really is this thing that we invite people to join us in doing it's hard yeah absolutely have you seen um, Brene Brown's Call to Courage? It's on no, the I haven't,
0: but I did notice cool that fabulous. it was yeah. up there. Yeah. I'll as, check that out. Yeah, I love her. I love her work.
1: And she talked about that kind of interaction that she'd had with her husband and how, you know, she kind of charted, you know, 10 years ago I would have done this, <laughs> you mm. know, as a response and it wouldn't have been great. Five years ago, I would have, you know, maybe done the right thing, but followed up with something hurtful. And it was only this <laughs> <laughs> stage in her journey where she was just like raw vulnerability and not understanding his response because he was not engaging, but there was a reason. And she just determined to find out what that was, to be seen by him and to see him in that moment. Like, we're going to ride this thing out. We're going to find out what's happening. And just that place of vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. Which is that... Mm -hmm. the
0: heart of all of this
1: yeah absolutely
0: right underneath all those (laughs) and the answer is so easy like if as long as one person out of the two is able to connect or reach for connection if you have two people who are both in defensive detachment at once you're kind of unless they're really (laughs) mature and you can kind of ride out that aloofness and not say something that Mm -hmm. you don't mean yeah you know but you can feel the coldness yeah. You can feel someone's coldness. But she just sensed it's ever so intuitively and we mm-hmm. talked about it later and I just said this is what was going on with me. I know yeah. it's silly. Like I don't expect you to come running you know, sorry boss, I can't look at that right now. I have to go get my wife because she's incapable of sitting there for 10 minutes. <laughs> what are you saying that way? <laughs> like, that's ridiculous of an expectation. We can never mitigate expectations or get it right, mm-hmm. but we can reach for connection and repair. And in mm-hmm. two seconds of making eye contact, genuine mm-hmm. eye contact, and mm-hmm. just touching me and just kind of really grounding, it was this sort of grounding motion you know mm-hmm. like just high connecting in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of it was gone it was, I was back yeah. you know that's um reminds
1: me too of Haim Ganat I don't know if you've encountered him no it's, what is he that he was uh an amazing uh teacher and psychologist if I'm remembering correctly and if I'm wrong world please don't yell at me
0: <laughs> don't yell at me online
1: yeah please don't <laughs> um <laughs> I believe that he started his career as a teacher and then after just a few years realized he was emotionally unequipped to guide children. So then he went and got training as a psychologist and he developed a sort of groundbreaking language oh. and skill set to relate to kids that I think is underneath a lot of the stuff that we have today. Oh.
0: And mm-hmm. what's the high I am Ganat? Is that the name
1: Oh, of that's his name. H-A-I-M. He's Jewish.
0: Oh!
1: I thought that was like the name of his Well, we could start Parker. a school that says that because anything in his name is going to be great. Anything Ganat is like going to be fantastic. That's his name. Okay. Yeah, I am Ganat is his name. I don't get out much. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I don't either. This is, this is it for the week. Um, so he talked about... Yeah, you always have to deal with the emotion before you try to manage the behavior. You know, Mm -hmm. you give that word of of connection before you have to move to instruction. And his, you know, response... And this was, I mean, I can't... He didn't live long, unfortunately. He passed away at, like, 58, I think. But his career was, like, three lifetimes for his influence. Um, And he... Yeah, he just sort of transformed the way... um, parents could relate to kids in the sense of bringing in that compassion. And it was in a, a time of parenting, of I mean, should we be strict or, 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 you know, or permissive or, you know, what, there was just all these mm. kind of rigid paradigms. And and he said, I think we should be permissive with feelings and strict with behavior. Mm. And so I wouldn't even use the word strict today. I don't think he would probably either. But as far as the emotions, you can feel anything in the whole world. And that's Okay. But we can't act out anything in the whole world yeah so yeah. the example he gave was you know a little boy going to an ice cream store and loving ice cream and wanting all the flavors and you know you could say sure you can have seven because you want it and that's permissive and that's mm-hmm. a cavity and a stomachache and that's not great um or don't be foolish you can't have seven ice creams like that's strict so he would meet in the middle and say, "Would't it be marvelous if you could have one of every single one we could build a whole house out of ice cream and just go nuts with it, and you know let the child experience that kind of freedom and fun, and then gently, but today we can only have two, but you can choose which two do you want of all these yummy flavors, right yeah, and yeah. so you're you're permissive with the the emotion and the wish,
0: mm-hmm. but then
1: you have to come back to the but here's the boundaries,
0: yeah, so exactly. you can be
1: so angry." We, you know you can't hit your sister so what else can we do but just that approach of um emotions can be big right so And beautiful. can be felt and and then this is how we live it out in the world he said uh don't be a parent be a human being who is a parent mm. It's like yes
0: because yeah, <laughs> well. can,
1: you can lose that in different seasons of parenting I think too because mm-hmm. the demands change so much
0: yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely, and you want your children to think of you one day, remember you as a human being, mm-hmm. not this archetypal force that <laughs> totally. prevented them from doing what they wanted to do or totally. crush their spirit or whatever yeah. you know, and
1: yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. and the more we can be in touch with that in ourselves, like um, Justin Colson did a series on positive parenting. Uh, through the Mental Health Academy, and one of the things he said was, you know, bring this intention to the interaction that you're in. That, you know, the best part of you is going to speak to the best part of your child. Mm. And you're like, that's going to have a different outcome. (laughs) Because instead of just that, you know, reactivity, this is what's happening and kind of flying off the handle, just to stop and breathe and be like, touch base with the parent you actually want to be. Mm -hmm. Or the Mm -hmm. person you actually are. And what you wish to bring to you know your child or even to this situation and then look at them and speak to that part of just you know that that heart that they have and all the potential they have and all the you know it's very different than just sort of blasting out a command or a a reprimand
0: yeah I think it's so easy for adults to judge the nature of a child's desires right Mm -hmm. because we just we think it's silly or we think it's You know, compared to our real world issues Mm -hmm. or problems, we think, you know, like ice cream, is that all you have to Mm -hmm. (laughs) to think about? (laughs) Yeah, like, come on. (laughs) No, But in their reality, their three-year-old or four or seven, eight-year-old reality, whatever it is, that... All those magical ice cream flavors are yep. the entire universe yep. to them in that moment. Right? Absolutely.
1: And that's, he talks about that too, that kids uh, and all people actually tend to do what makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. So can you, you know, study your child from their point of view? like Try to get down and see how they're seeing the world. Mm-hmm. Because things that seem so silly to us or nonsensical, very often that's meeting a very specific need. And don't we function the same? right
0: exactly exactly (laughs) yeah and you know think of how it feels to have our desires our hearts desires and their little hearts are just so full and overflowing with (laughs) desire right it's beautiful actually you know we we honor people who have drives and desires Mm -hmm. to create things or to to want something to go after it right so yeah it's it's just I think there's often a disconnect between you know, our sort of literal adult world and their little child mm-hmm. desires, right?
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So I just, I just love that um, the infusion of compassion, which can get lost in the busyness of life and the demands of schedules, and you just start, you know, you can just function as, you know, I'm mom, your kid, do this, unpack your lunch kit, like yeah. time. you know, everything can become sort of expectation of, well, just you know, you have to unpack the dishwasher. And I just see you as this like 10-year-old force that should be unpacking the dishwasher instead of seeing, mm-hmm. Alice, how was your day today? Like, what's happening, right? Like, yeah. the more we can connect with that,
0: the humanness, right? Instead of just the... Monotonous demands and of things that need yeah. to get done. Yeah, and I mean, it's easy for life to get reduced to those things, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody's tired. <laughs> so it's a true it's just story. Like, so, <laughs> so much
1: it's a true story
0: there's just so much weight on modern Mm -hmm. nuclear families yeah absolutely right without the help of each other uh, because it almost takes more energy in our little units family units that we have where we live in these separate houses and everything Mm -hmm. else it takes more energy it's one more thing to do to help someone out
1: Mm
0: -hmm. as opposed to you know if if people were living more communally and and, i mean that's not necessarily an answer because that's very difficult (laughs) for us to do but if we were um Mm -hmm. kind of just naturally living that way as people Mm -hmm. once were Mm -hmm. it would be it would take the load off yeah you know to have everyone sort of helping each other out yeah i just i think yeah in our culture of materialism and whatnot it can be really difficult to have to manage all these things
1: mm-hmm. absolutely and I think that's where play is so important mm. like last night um Alice said hey can we go play volleyball and on my tongue was no I have to unpack the dishwasher <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because
1: you didn't. <laughs> You know, there's dinner to get ready. There's this and this and that. I'm like reading six books. To, you know, I'm just like, that was right here. And then I looked around and I was like, you know what? Yeah, we can go play volleyball for 15 minutes. Like nothing is going to yeah. explode. And I said, yeah, we can. She's like, great. So we went out into the cul-de-sac and played volleyball. And who needed the volleyball game more? <laughs> you or her? <laughs> probably a die. it was actually super cute because we live in a cul-de-sac and we do have uh we do have some of that uh, mm-hmm. neighborly stuff which is nice and there's um a family down the at the end there and and mm-hmm. she's needed help a few times and andy was like yeah I'll cut that branch or i can look at your furnace and Aww. um it's nice because even though there's no time quote unquote to do that when you do those things it's like, yeah, that's kind of what it's all about. Time
0: opens up <laughs> totally. when you do those things. Yeah, it's so it's very
1: nourishing, actually. Yeah. Well, He does it. I'm just like, good job, Andy. <laughs> I don't know how to cut those tree branches down. So uh, we're out there, and our neighbor across the street, he's out there with his little guy, um, just, I don't know, this tall. And he's watching me and Alice play back and forth, and he points to me and says, you have zero, and he points to Alice and said, Your score is hundred thousand and I said, <laughs> Alice, I think you have a fan. <laughs> it was so cute. Aww. But the um, like Al- Annie is quite good friends with their daughter. They play all the time and the dad will just sit out there with his guitar and you know, in the evening Aww, and there's that's just awesome. kind of music floating and the kids are playing and you're like Wow, that's nice. Yeah, we need to do this. Mm-hmm. And my instinct I want it to be yes without having to like have a quick dialogue because of course I can give 15 minutes and then yeah. the whole night is
0: different because now we've connected and we can just be totally it yeah. seems like for adults and I get I'm getting this information from myself <laughs> 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 from my own experience yeah as an adult like just the amount of it's, it's almost like we get heavier denser as life goes on and it's harder even just to like move our bodies and get through the day. Maybe mm. people who exercise experience life differently. <laughs> <laughs> but it, just, it seems like um, it's so hard to get over that hump of mm. getting down and playing. Yeah. You know, like children are always inviting us into these playful experiences because mm-hmm. they do it naturally. Yeah. Um, but for and it's it's a lot of work to play. Like the thought of playing, like I know it's the answer for all of us. Yeah. Um, I am, like, committed to the theory. I buy into the theory. (laughs) But when I get invited to play, it's hard. I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I'd rather do something passive or I'd rather sit down or I'd rather get something off my list. Well, I think uh, Brene Brown had a really interesting point on that.
1: And I think it's okay to identify what is play for you and what is not play for you. Yes. Because yes. this was very I found this very amusing and insightful. She said for her play is not playing Candyland with her kids. That's a play for them. <laughs> She's like, That's very true. I'm acutely aware of time. Like you just gotta time. do it. I want just, it to end yeah, you like, go through the motions. I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna sure. be present and I'm gonna, you know, get that card and go to that mountain, and then I'm gonna be glad when it's over. Deep down. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like for her that's part of parenting, even though it's their kids' play. Yeah, Annie does not give the adults an option. You're playing with her like that is as vital to her as supper, breakfast. Like oxygen, she's enlisted
0: you into the play.
1: <laughs> yeah, but She is she's
0: orchestrating.
1: Oh, when she orchestrates and like it's hilarious, and she is so insightful, and it's so amazing to watch. Like she'll play school with all of her stuffies. And she'll be the teacher. She's always the teacher. Mm. And she'll have this stuffy say something mean to that stuffy. And then she'll just process it out. Oh, wow. I think she plays out so much oh, of yes. what happens at school. Oh, yes. But then she also has, you know, her Barbies, and now you do this, and now you come over here, and I'm playing babies now, and now you ring my doorbell, and now, like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, she'll give you a script. Like, <laughs> you don't, and don't deviate too much, because she's got it, like, in her head. Wow. And that is her, like, that is her lifeblood, honestly. It's a, It is a need for her. It's not play for me, even though I adore her and I I do do it. it. (laughs) Yeah, But my instinct is always like, no, thank
0: you. (laughs) Of course. You're like, this is going to be a lot of work for me to do. Because it is a lot of work. Yeah. Even
1: though if I, once I get over that barrier... We have so much fun. Totally. We talk in accents. I will be like Grover from Sesame Street for like 30 minutes. And we are laughing. Like, And it's fun. Mm-hmm. But what is that? What is that? What's that barrier?
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't know.
1: Maybe for me, it's like a little bit of selfishness. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, also, you know, Netflix, hot baths, that's a yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe I would, yeah, have to just sort of, okay, there's time for that. And there's time for this. Um, because once I like lean in, um, we do actually have a good time. Exactly. But for me, play with the kids is a bike ride. That's play. Or yeah. play is going down to the river. Play is actually... Uh, I do like playing board games. I do like playing Pictionary. Yeah. But for some reason, some of the other stuff is like, it's a little bit of parenting, but I'm going to do it. And yeah. I'm going to have a British accent if that's what the game requires. And we're just going to go for it. Yeah. So it's yeah. very interesting how that all kind of
0: like... Mm-hmm. fits together hey well and even like play for myself like I love every time I go out in nature yeah literally every time I'm out in nature walking or just being in in a more natural environment like I get down to the river or in the yeah. woods or whatever it is every time i realize and i say to myself again why don't you do this more Mm. this is brilliant Mm -hmm. i love this i really love it i can actually feel my heart expand and i feel Mm -hmm. stuff moving through me and i'm just unloading crap and i feel good i love it Mm -hmm. and yet there is some sort of initial hump to actually get out there Mm -hmm. you know like I, i i don't i'm not driven some people actually i've noticed are quite driven yeah, like my sister in terms of her exercising and that, like mm-hmm. that's her self care. She needs to run. She needs to go to CrossFit, all those things. And she she is driven yep. to do that. She's like, "Ooh, I won't feel good if I don't do that." Mm-hmm. But I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that thing is broken in my brain. What's that about?
1: <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> funny. Well, Gretchen Rubin, in one of her books, talked about that that there's different. We have different um, personality types for motivation. Oh, okay. And some people are more motivated by extrinsic um, factors, and some are more motivated by intrinsic factors. There's four different types. Um,
0: so maybe, maybe there's a profile. Yeah, for sure. Demon. I love models. I love nerding out yeah, on models. models. I know that I have incredible drives when it comes to producing things yeah you know like i just will whip up events and all of that and i just have drives like you mm-hmm. wouldn't believe to bring certain things into the world and to it's, it's very work oriented yeah i think i think it's a neurotic <laughs> early attachment <laughs> stuff <laughs> isn't it all oh yes oh yes no i think it's all oh, about man um you know working for attachment yeah you know that perfection stuff around yeah. i'm gonna be I'm going to get the gold stars the little dopamine hits by yeah. being or you know it was kind of get those good grades yeah in um in school so it's like this producing and mm-hmm. this sort of performing mm-hmm. right i'm gonna i'm gonna get get love for lack of a better word if i create these things but now it it has shifted mm-hmm. um to less of an external reward thing and more of a, I get reward from creating. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, necessarily want to change it. But I have observed that there are these drives. Mm-hmm. And I think they were hardwired Yeah, in that working for attachment kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Take your wounds and make them into
1: <laughs> something <laughs> valuable.
0: Get paid for your neuroses.
1: That's right. <clears throat> that is right. Yeah. Um... In the beginning, you asked me about my, my process, and I don't want to misrepresent myself, because um, I'm not registered yet as a provisional.
0: Ah, so okay. So,
1: to okay. clarify that, I did biopsych, gave my transcripts to CAP. Their meeting date is today, to review my transcript.
0: Oh, okay. And what's CAP? Uh, oh, it's
1: the College of Alberta Psychologists. Oh, psychologist. College of yeah. Alberta Psychologists. Yeah. And so, after that goes through, then I submit my supervision plan. Ah, and then when that goes through, they give me a number as a provisional um, psychologist, and then you have five years to fulfill all the requirements.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So I'm like in between. It's taking really weird. Taking the journey, yeah. yeah I'm but the you journey. have clients yes. that you work with one Yeah, because you can see the, um, as as part of like a practicum, or the practicum is over, or yeah, with a yeah. with a master's
1: in counseling, and I'm a student member of the Psychologist Association of Alberta. You can see clients. Um, but not as a not as a provisional psychologist. So you don't see clients with certain insurance plans, right? Most insurance right. companies only cover a visit, um, that kind of a thing. So, um, but when I had to renew my membership to the PAA, you had to either be a student, which I was when I started, or a provisional. And you're like, oh. I'm literally neither. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You have to prove that you're a student or prove that you're... And I'm like, I'm just standing in between those two things. So oh. it's a funny place to be, but... Interesting. Every process takes time, more time than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. patience is good. So <laughs> It's a <laughs> virtue. Apparently, I need more of it. So, um,
0: yeah, so that's where I'm at in the journey. Oh, so okay. I'm, cool. Yeah, right well, in the middle. Remind me, what was your journey with deciding to become a psychologist?
1: You know, the only job I ever wanted to, to do, or the only thing I ever wanted to be, was a counselor, like mm-hmm. from way back to teen years. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I finished my undergrad, my bachelor in psychology, I wanted to actually go to grad school right away and the door was closed and I'd been volunteering at, uh, YFC with their Teen Moms program in Edmonton. What's why Use, uh, YFC? Uh, Use for Christ. Oh, okay. Um, and I've been volunteering every Wednesday and the, <laughs> the director who had like started up the group asked if I'd be, you know, willing to take it over, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, you have to fundraise your salary, you had to do lots of public speaking, like, just all things that I was, like, pretty afraid of. And what was the nature of the job? Was it, like, counseling people? Uh, to mentoring. One, or? It was just oh, it was okay. a relational ministry. We ran scrapbooking groups, had childcare, did baby showers, did, um, you know, life skills, resume building, driving, you know, girls to appointments, grocery gift cards, like, just... Showing up, they could phone when they needed a coffee, like in home visits. And these
0: were like young, moms yeah, just young moms that or didn't or have okay. as many
1: resources as mm-hmm. um, as they you know could have benefited from, and just connecting them with what's available in the community, like Health for Two, um, yeah, right. Yeah. Those nurses and and like being a community and being for a them, community essentially, right. And mm-hmm. um, I just there were so many components of the job that overwhelmed me, and I wanted to go to grad school, and I was mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> so Mm -hmm. I gave her a firm no (laughs) and (laughs) the I don't know it's not only a few weeks later I had um been praying about a summer job and you know what I'm gonna do before I start school in the fall and I just kind of had that sense like I've got it prepared you just have to walk through it like you don't have to go looking for it okay so I go to you know scrapbooking again the next Wednesday and the director is like I know you're going to say no, but I have been praying and praying, and just your name is the only name that keeps coming up, and I just, I really believe you're the person to take over um, this group. And I was like, oh, that's what (laughs) you were talking about. So I was like, yeah. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I think that's the same, you know, kind of word that I got. Mm. So I did that for
0: uh, almost three years, and it was amazing. Well, yeah, I remember you telling me about, yeah, like taking a, a young mom shopping and, and buying the not the no name products. And yeah. it was this moving experience for her to have been bought all the the best, whatever it was like yeah. Pampers brand or, you know, yeah, yeah. Classico sauce. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah. Instead of just the, the no name, no totally. Name stuff. Right. Yeah. Cause I'd, you know,
1: gone with the different girls at different times, even to the food bank and how, how challenging that is. And even just to stand there and they're like, well, where's your, your driver's license. So we can see where you live. And, just as as if it was you're so, trying to pull a fast yeah, one I'm like, on the if system she's or something. Here, to get bread. Chance sorry you might. Eat but this it. isn't fun. <laughs> like no one's like, let's go, you know, rip yeah. off the food bank. Yeah. Um, and so it was really yeah, there was just so many moments of grace like that. And actually at the end, um, because I got pregnant with Alice, uh, third year, I think like the entire staff. Uh, got pregnant the ED is like great thanks all the young mom (laughs) staff are like going on maternity leave Um, but the the girls whom we had served for three years uh, got together and had a baby shower for um, myself and the other staff member and organized it and got gifts for us and did the food and it was like they gave back to you oh my heart yeah Yeah, just amazing Um, so yeah so then I stayed home with Took Alice. a mommy break. Took a mommy break because um, yeah, th- at that time I didn't want to be anywhere else. So yeah, you know, well, and yeah. of course I'm reading. Hold on to your kids, and you know, even through undergrad, the attachment theory because you learn so much, just a little bit of so many things. But even back then, it was like, oh, that one seems you know important. That one kind of stuck. That, <laughs> <Yeah. theory. laughs> that one stuck. There's like four hundred <laughs> paradigms, but that that's the one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a phenomenal season. And then we had Annie, you know, three years later, and. Um, I loved being at home. I loved it. Like, oh man, <laughs> we had so much fun. Um, and then that just sort of stirring, like when Annie was about two, sort of like, maybe I could apply, like, mm-hmm. apply again to, to see. And so I, I remember sitting on the couch, and the application was $150. And when I hit, like, yes, you know, tears came to my eyes. I'm like, that's so much money. What have I done? And you're like, mm. um, that's nothing compared to how much grad school costs. Like, that's funny yeah. to me that that was a concern. You're like, nope, that's like a book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. But exactly. It just felt like this big, like scary deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything like the doors opened and my mom actually grad, or graduated. <laughs> she graduated a long time ago. I <laughs> mom taught school for 40 years and she retired the same year I started my master's ah, So she yes. came to stay and help with the girls and when I got to the stage of doing my internship here, and he was in grade one, so that was the first time that I had two kids in school all day, so mm-hmm. I was free to come and do this. and my supervisor had said, "You know that's, that's quite impressive how you planned all that and I was like, it Ugh, just yeah i <laughs> did not plan that um but it was again it was so grace-filled and i just felt mm-hmm. that it was um genuinely blessed and i'm very very grateful and here i am doing doing the only thing i've ever wanted to do it's quite a privilege
0: yeah that's beautiful yeah yeah me too with the social work thing i mm-hmm. didn't know that social work was an option when i was a child so i yeah. used to Used to say that I wanted to be a psychologist yeah. or a school counselor or something like that, mm-hmm. and drive a Volvo. Nice. <laughs> that's what I wanted. A <laughs> Volvo. <wagon. laughs> psychologist. Oh, that's awesome. And I mean, that's kind of relatively what. Yeah. What uh, the social work type of job is? It's sim- similar. Absolutely. Similar type of work, right? So. Yeah, I think we kind of know. mm mm-hmm. You know, and then I got distracted by various things and swayed this way and that oh I took the long path, like yeah. 100% yes. yeah there was no
1: straight shot um but I even with that um I mean there's grace I feel that there's redemption for all of the the crooked paths that I went down all the mistakes all of mm-hmm. the um you know the train wrecks that I've got behind me yeah.
0: um
1: I do feel that they're they're safe in God's hand and that he will use all of this in my work Right? Those spaces that get carved out of us, if we
0: are willing, they become the spaces of our own compassion and wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what grows you up, right? And I mean, everyone has their own journey, but I really value the journey of being a more mature learner, Mm -hmm. right? I can't imagine my mentality had I been going to, you know, take a master's degree or something like that, which is something that I want to do Mm -hmm. in the future. Um, I'm not even there yet, but, you know, having done that in my mid-20s or something that, you know, what would I have, Mm -hmm. I would have absorbed what I would have absorbed, but I definitely had the mind Mm -hmm. frame back then to just pump through, you Mm -hmm. know, and work towards the outcome and just kind of get that certificate or that mark or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. right, whereas now I value the learning journey, right, and I have more things to bring to the table you know I think it's yeah. gonna be a neat journey to do that a little bit later in life and oh absolutely, absolutely. it's easier if I tell myself that anyway <laughs> that's what no I it's a
1: hundred percent true at least in my experience like, I just think oh my gosh doing family systems mm-hmm. uh, in grad school after being a stay-at-home mom for 10 years and a wife for 13 years there's very, a different perspective yes. when you're like oh aha you know Um, And I even look back at my undergrad and I loved it. I had so much fun at Taylor. It was like the most magical season of my life. And how different it was to do my undergrad in my 20s you know you're sitting in this classroom and you're like okay we're reading our books and we're right <laughs> totally <laughs> right and then to do you know a master's I did online through Athabasca and so our classroom was across Canada and actually oh. one of my classmates was in Japan um, oh wow and then would you know come over to Canada for the the intensives and the internships and stuff but almost everyone was in the field everyone had mm-hmm. this you know everyone was except for one or two people were 30s 40s or beyond Mm -hmm. in the field so the online classroom and the discussion and the communication was so rich like I learned so much Mm -hmm. from my classmates like phenomenal amounts and just to be you know in that space it was so different not Mm -hmm. that I don't value the other because it was It was amazing. And we had so much fun living in dorms, going to the Y, then going for cinnamon buns. You're just like, (laughs) that's it. That's a Friday. Like, you know, choir practice, go to the mall, like, really. Um, And having no one to take care of besides yourself like write a final exam you all come to my room we eat pizza and watch friends you're like (laughs) this is my life all right it's pretty good (laughs) it changed obviously after you know having kids but Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. precious years like so so good yeah for sure but a very different learning experience to have gone through that much more stuff yeah
0: yeah how do you think you've been grown up by having children like if you compare who you were and then post-child rite of passage. How is that? Like, what is the mommy rite of passage? Mother, mother mm. rite of passage. <laughs> hey, mommy is that good you? too. <laughs> oh man, that's an amazing question.
1: Um, well, it's a crazy portal to go through. Like it is. It just you know, when I think about changes, people. Oh, it does, and it's so funny because I mean I read all the books while I was pregnant. And, I mean, there's it's good to read all the books, and it's helpful, but there's not one that actually prepares you for what it's like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember that moment uh, when, you know, Alice was born, and the doctor, we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, and the doctor, there she is, wrapped her up, and, you know, gave her back to me, and just... This part of my heart that I did not know existed, like burst forth. It just felt like a waterfall in my chest, honestly. And I was like, I didn't know I could love like this. Like, what? Wow. Like <laughs> it just was in that. It instant. was like like that. It was that moment alone was transformational. Because a part of me that I didn't know I had, like came to life in a like a felt visceral way it was incredible wow and man i was in love like holy yeah and me and andy were in love like i thought you know at that point that he in our vows, they said you're my great and only love like as much as i can love a human i love you like you're everything and then you're like oh but there's more wow, wow. <laughs> it was incredible um so i think that the depth um that i didn't know i had came mm-hmm. to light just for for me i i felt like i had lived my whole life i thought that i was you know moderately deep you know Mm -hmm. but something about that just kind of broke through and it's like oh there's there's just so much more and i think it uncovers it does uncover the deepest parts of you because it's from my experience is a ferocious love but it's also you have to run into yourself and what, where your ends are. Mm. And, you know, your spouse, at least my spouse, doesn't push and demand me in a way that, like, a one-year-old is going to push and demand. Right. Because we respect each other's boundaries. Babies are like, I don't give a flip about your boundaries. I'm hungry, and you're going yes, to feed me. Yes, you're responsible. <laughs> I don't even know I exist. Right. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, just kind of finding out how much you can do because on paper, you know, some of the things that parents actually go through and do, it's like, is that possible? Like, right. can you do a year and a half with four hours of sleep? Because that doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, you I did just it. don't know you what just, you're capable yeah. of until you yeah. have to
1: go through it. Yeah, and so, and then that kind of tumbles a whole other new world of, like, taking care of yourself and being forced to take care of yourself. Um, because if you don't... Uh, everything else is going to kind of fall apart. You know, I remember um, actually the first time traveling with Alice, uh, her and I went out to Salmon Arm for a weekend. He we had to work, so it was just the two of us. And the you know flight attendant is saying, if you're with a small child, put the mask on yourself first. And that idea was like, Ooh. That makes me very upset. Like, I can't imagine, like, little one-year-old Alice and me taking the mask. But then the next thought is, if I don't and I faint or, you know, pass out or whatever, she's alone with a plane full of strangers. Like, that's scarier, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so that was a hard lesson because I didn't want to, um, yeah, I didn't want to, to go that way as far as, you know, got to self-care. It's like, no, i got to Alice Care 24-7. Like, right. come on. He's having a hot bath. And then later you're like, I'm having a hot bath. This is craziness. So mm-hmm. figuring out what your boundaries are, and um, yeah, and just recognizing how deeply we can how deeply we can love. Wow, you know, and the risk that comes with that. And I think for me, that's coming out more now that they're in school, because when they were little, they were You safe. Could protect them. Yeah. Like I remember this uh, sunny afternoon playing with Alice, we were in her room, the sun was streaming in, we were building a Lego tower and I was so acutely aware that right now everything in her world was good every need was met, she was totally safe and that I couldn't keep it like that
0: and I was like
1: oh (laughs) mercy, okay, just right Um, and so now we're at that stage where yeah the world is is gonna wound you a little bit and then it's coming home to me of like I've got to do my own stuff, I've got to make sure my childhood stuff is at least at bay, (laughs) so that when you come home with this story of pain, I can actually just be with you in your pain and and be your parent instead of being kind of re-traumatized by the stuff that that I went through in school. Um, So, yeah, I think it's like this ongoing process where you're just always learning and you're always... I'm often crying in my <laughs> case, um, but there's, I mean, there's so... Learning and crying. crying, 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 and adapting, crying, crying learning and adapting. Totally. Being changed, <laughs> but we cannot change. Gordon yes. Newfeld is always in my ear and my heart, and yes. yeah, he's been so instrumental yes, in yes. this yes. journey, right? Of course, Fred mm-hmm. Rogers, uh, Gordon Neufeld, all of these, um, who I would call geniuses, Yes, who I'm so thankful that they Absolute gave their life geniuses. to that kind of work mm-hmm. um, because they have made and are making the world I believe a better place because Mm -hmm. without relationship and without that you know knowledge of how to do relationship well we suffer Mm -hmm. right when we think of how you know even neurobiologically how we are wired um to need connection we need attachment like it is it is life or death
0: it is it is
1: absolutely (laughs) our survival instincts um you know and Mm -hmm. even how little you know babies are biologically hardwired to expect an attuned response from their caregiver like this is how we do life and it goes all the way through a lifespan right mm-hmm. where our relationships are a huge predictor even in mortality for senior populations like even more so than other lifestyle factors that you think should trump everything
0: yeah. You know, and
1: that Harvard longitudinal study of what makes a good life. And they're like, oh, fifty years later it's relationships, it's connection. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm so thankful that there are people who have given, you know, their talents and their their time to uncovering what does the human heart need and how can we, you know, best do that with each other? What's the language, you know? Absolutely.
0: The yeah. Language of connection. And all these traditional cultures with their rituals and you know yeah. you go to any culture that has rich culture going on yeah every week or a couple days or whatever it is there's some sort of festival or party or feast or a gathering or, and you're just like do these people just like to party <laughs> <laughs> or what's going on <laughs> but I think oh that one's yours oh yes yeah. Mr. Rogers but it, it is so much more than that you know it's about gathering the people it's about being there for each other absolutely it's about attachment yeah you know and we we've been so led astray to be competitive and Mm -hmm. materialistic and work-oriented outcomes focused that we have lost so much of the cultural rituals Mm -hmm. we've lost the attachment focus yeah. right and now we need science to remind us or tell yeah. us <laughs> totally oh wait you know why are there such a prevalence of quote-unquote mental health emotional issues in our yes. society why are we in many ways falling apart at the seams and can't seem to mm-hmm. you know get it together or everybody's saying they're stressed you know well yeah. you know we don't we don't do connection yeah in the ways that some other groups of people do connection yeah right we need to absolutely kind of wanted to reiterate what you were saying about um school being such a wounding environment oh mercy right you know you put a whole lot of young immature children together with few adults what are you gonna (laughs) what's gonna happen (laughs) I love what uh how Gordon describes the invisible shield of attachment Mm, mm -hmm. that when when even when we're not with them yeah our babies are protected by that relationship of caring right and yes of course they get hurt feelings yeah but it it can't penetrate to the depth Mm -hmm. of destroying that little one's heart right they can get wounded they can get hurt and it sucks when your classmates say that rude comment or mm-hmm. even bullying, you know, like that's that's some pretty deep yeah. wounding stuff, right? Um, but that at the end of the day, what matters more is Mummy's mm-hmm. invitation for my existence in yeah. her eyes. That's right. And that that's who really knows me mm-hmm. and can see me.
1: Well, and it's amazing to see that, right, in the girls. And both of them have a security that... I have never had (laughs) and it's amazing to see it because it's in their eyes like this rootedness this um this confidence Mm -hmm. that is so breathtaking Mm -hmm. and you know they do get their feelings hurt sometimes and they're okay and things that for me would be like catastrophic Mm -hmm. they're okay you know because Mm -hmm. I didn't have that rootedness or that Mm -hmm. strong attachment and so to you know have experienced that and then to see to see that invisible shield actually like play out in the world it's amazing
0: that is amazing that is amazing yeah me too I feel like for so long like and that's where my people pleasing tendencies Mm. came from were just needing to get external validation yeah right and of course everybody needs some level of external validation, but are you gonna be validated by your mom, your dad, your grandpa, your aunts, or mm-hmm. are you gonna be validated those people who have yeah. your best interests yeah. at heart? Or do you need validation from every person out there? Yeah. Right? If we have to please everybody, mm-hmm. then like we'll be just bending this way and that yeah. way to the point of not even really knowing who we are, what it is we want as yeah. our own unique individuals we can't afford to please everybody or need to be accepted by everybody right people are frustrated and they will express that frustration towards strangers because that's Mm -hmm. the place where it doesn't count yeah right so if you think you're going to get that from the world at large Mm -hmm. no you're setting yourself up for being very wounded
1: yeah oh absolutely um I watched that Brene Brown Call to Courage last night so it's all just like oh, fresh, fresh in my head Yes, yes. Um, cool, cool I watched it, it well, <laughs> and watch it because it's super awesome uh, I had it on while I was cooking supper and yeah she talked about that not you know mm. people try to arm her up and say well I don't care what anybody thinks but she's like yeah. that's not true we all care what, but, what people think but be selective you know mm-hmm. care what the people who have your best at heart you know care what they think who will be honest and genuine and have your back but will also call you out but you can't care about what the entire world thinks, like the internet. <laughs>
0: like yeah, that's, well, the internet that's is a very, very like spewing ground. That can of be a pretty mean frustration and mean daggers. Place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and I mean, I I do care what people think. I'm willing to to hear them if they're frustrated or whatever, but it doesn't need to matter hmm. as much anymore, right? You know, I'm not going to live my life try attempting to please because there's no way that we can live our lives and please everybody you know you throw an event or something right yeah and you get half the people saying this was great Mm, and -hmm. then the other half the people saying that very same thing was what needs to change you know like that's just yeah it's just reality it's true right yeah
1: I've, I'm taking some very gentle steps in that direction.
0: Yeah, me too. probably still very far away from where. Oh, yeah. People would be pleasing great. is, oh, you know, like the most. Um, yeah, it's just this trap, trap of yeah. suffering, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I liked, actually, it was, Jody Carrington was talking about this very same thing. She says, you know, using the circle of security metaphor, oh, who yes. are your bottom hands? Yeah. Who are your five? And she loves Brene Brown as well. And, um, she said that Brene said have a hard back and a soft front right Mm -hmm. it's not like Mm -hmm. you're shutting down and saying I don't care about what you think and you're not like hardening yourself to the world but you're just saying I'm focusing my energy where it matters most Mm -hmm. what would grandpa who I adore think of who I am Mm -hmm. you know and just defining integrity within the context of your own attachments yeah you know, and not, oh, I like that, and that keeps your heart soft, right? Mm-hmm. Which is so vital, mm-hmm. is so. And vital. you know, people will need to be heard, and you know that's their process, you know. And yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about all of the, um, you know, just the situation we're in in Canada with um, post-residential schools era yeah. and that sort of thing. And oh my goodness, is there ever so much woundedness, and everybody is just involved Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. there's so many different perspectives on the matter and is are we going to get through it by trying to sanitize right everything and make everyone happy and like oh this is the way we need to heal or oh this event or you know that way of doing it I don't know I think I think any process of healing is going to be messy and Mm -hmm. you know if Mm -hmm. I say something that offends or hurts somebody then you know like i want to hear i want to i want to hear that Mm -hmm. in a in a productive way right like yeah i want to hear what i've said that wounded them i don't want to say like i i don't care about what you think you didn't make my five
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely well it's that it's that messiness that i think is at the heart of Every relationship, including Mm. parenting, including, um, you know, restoration and reconciliation, that it's going to get real. Like, if Mm -hmm. anything's going to be good, it has to get real. And the real space is where the pain happens, but it's also where true forgiveness happens. It's where true connection happens, right? Like, I think of the Velveteen Rabbit, that beautiful passage, right, when he's talking to the, the rocking horse. And he said, well, you know, will it hurt to become real? And he says, of course it will. <laughs> you know, will <laughs> I be ugly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, your fur will be rubbed off. Your eye will be hanging out. But once you're real, it won't matter. Because the people who see you as real, right, will be able to truly love you. That's, oh, that's I'm so butchering beautiful. the quote. I, I should have beautiful. pulled it up to read it. But um, it's such a striking description of what it means to become capital R real. You will get your edges rubbed off because you have to. Mm-hmm. Right, and it might reveal parts of you that yeah that aren't aren't your favorite, but we have to be willing to step into that space of authenticity, um right, where we're not an idea. we're like this is my real self, and mm-hmm. if two real selves can engage, yeah, you're probably gonna say the wrong thing at some point,
0: mm-hmm. and I'm gonna
1: you know misunderstand something, yeah, and we can repair,
0: yeah, we're gonna bump up and, against and, each and find other. something
1: um genuine, yeah right it's like stepping out of like the the concepts of self and the ideas that's like an act um uh, a fa- one of the six key factors in psychological flexibility in the act mm. model uh, which i love and it's stepping out of you know self is concept where you have this mm. rigid idea of what you need to be and then you have a very limited repertoire of behavior because you're this you're the number one salesman in your company That's all you can be, right? Mm. Super limiting. And then you have to then disengage and disconnect. Otherwise, you're being incongruent. Like, Mm. if you don't make the top sales, you have no place to stand, right? Because you've got this, like, super, you know, closed uh, view of yourself. And stepping into self as context, which is you as you are with what's happening around you, with some some grace and with some kindness and with some flexibility. And I think even how social media feeds self as concept and can be... Right, like I just saw on the news that, like, in a survey, and I mean, it was Yahoo News, so I'm not saying that it was, you know, super well researched, but <laughs> 10% of people in this survey admitted to posting fake vacation pictures on their Instagram. Really? And now there's a company that that that's what they do. It's called Vacation, and they will Photoshop you professionally, like in front of you know, a mountain the, or Las Vegas or whatever your thing is. The, the
0: pyramid of more.
1: <laughs> it's like, I'm not on social media. Like I just, it's not something that's for me. There's not, there's a lot of good about it, but I just, it's not, I'm very private too. Like I'm not being judgmental of, of Facebook. Yeah. I'm a private person. I don't want, mm-hmm. I don't want to be out there, um, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's not something that I see, but just to read that news article was like, wow. That's wow. interesting. Like yeah. it's more it it's more important that someone thinks you've been on a holiday than than that you've been on a holiday.
0: Yeah. You know? So I think that we can- well, Even of when rock. you're on a holiday, when you're taking photos of yeah. it to get those little snapshots yeah. to put up on social yeah. media. And granted, you know, I like having oh, photographs sure as well. But yeah. I struggle when I'm on vacation with am I actually experiencing right. this Beautiful ruins site mm-hmm. for what it is, and feeling it, or am I just going around systematically to this each of like the little filters. things, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and getting my photo taken or taking yeah. a photo of it? Right, yeah. it, it can really take me out of the moment. But then I also sometimes I'm lost in the moment and realize, oh my goodness, I've forgotten to take any photographs, and now right. I don't have any yeah. it's oh, precious absolutely. documentation yeah. of it. But it's that happens less yeah I tend to find that I'm more inclined to be taken out of the moment because I'm capturing it on my phone
1: mm-hmm.
0: right yeah.
1: I remember also on Yahoo News, my email is through Yahoo, so whenever <laughs> I check my email, so my Andy's like, the number of times you started a story with, on Yahoo News. <laughs> but they had um, this story of, I think it was a film festival in Toronto or something. I'm not sure. It was uh, big name celebrities like George Clooney, you know, like all these A-listers. And the picture was all of the... Um, the fans that had been able to come to this event. So there's like the you know, the barrier here and there's just this phones? mass of people. All phones. All phones, one hundred percent. But one lady, I mean in her late sixties, little gray tight curls, and she's got her hands here and she's just Taking it all taking their, their eyes. <laughs> and it was such a beautiful portrait. Like, in the comments were like, wow, one person is experiencing this event, you know? And yeah. of course we all take pictures and I'm so happy that I have a phone full of pictures, right? Yeah. It's not taken away from that. Um, but when we realize, when we take life in through the senses, that's actually how we stay present and actually experience life. Mm-hmm. When we disengage from those you know, modalities, then we do, we do miss out. And then when it's the pressure of pleasing other people, like coming back to that Mm -hmm. with, I think it's part of why I couldn't be on social media. I just—I like, mm-hmm. don't have what it takes. Like I can't. I'm not producing those kind of dinners. I'm not. Like, I don't. You know, there's no supermodel stuff is too happening. Thin. My <laughs> pictures are crappy. I did. I did take a picture. Um, I made a disaster dinner, and I mean disaster. Oh my gosh! I tried to make curry from scratch which I had done, like, years ago, but I wasn't, I don't know what I was doing. I mixed up ingredients. I put, like, four tablespoons of ginger. Uh, That's too much. (laughs) Like, powdered ginger? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, that was the wrong amount. It was four teaspoons, so I'm, like, trying to scrape it out, and I keep trying to salvage it, and it's just, and it was the worst color, (laughs) can imagine like it's the worst oh, oh my gosh I took a picture of it and I texted it to my cousin and Lisa and I said hey I made the world's worst curry and then we had a, a marvelous back and forth exchange my mom was actually there that weekend and so she took this, <laughs> <laughs> she, it's like she took this huge bowl of rice tablespoon of my curry and she says it's not so bad if you don't eat too much <laughs> that's a mom trying to make yes. the best out of a situation so we're just like crying laughing so those are the kind of pictures that I take. Of my <laughs> <tenors>. <laughs> oh oh boy. Geez. so yeah there's many reasons why it's not a good fit for me to
0: yeah yeah, yeah I've I mean, have my moments where I'm like yeah oh i just want I, I want to disconnect from this and sure often you know there's these they're almost just like these little loops of sure. like checking yeah like check the email check the it, it's like yeah. a habitual loop thing where you yeah. just check this check that check that you know check yeah. instagram check facebook check email and it happens as if Driven by a motor, it's mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. self-perpetuated loop of checking those apps and
1: yeah. well, dopamine, like, like you too said, much. There's, too
0: much, too often. There. I'm yeah. like, okay, like you literally just checked your email. I'm <laughs> pretty sure you didn't get anything, <laughs> right?
1: But it's a reward if there's a little, you know, one with a red circle around it. Oh, you do get a little surge oh, of uh, yeah. dopamine. So it's it's powerful, and I mm-hmm. I think too just practically for me, I would waste so much time. Mm-hmm. I, I just would because people are fascinating and it is a fun way to
0: connect and i know that and so we're baby animals <laughs> you should see <laughs> the baby animal videos that are out there oh i get like the cutest chihuahuas with their tongues hanging out imagine. Of, well
1: vines i guess that's the Ooh. thing alice told me what a vine was like what we're, is that we um just like funny random clips that people post and then they make like movie clips like not or you know like youtube will be like eight in a row and it's like funny vines or like oh, people dropping okay. their spaghetti or like
0: yes right yes. those kind of
1: things so um i'm learning some of the the lingo
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you start watching one of those and you're like there's thursday night like Down you could just the <laughs> totally yeah and so even just have with how many books that i'm trying to read and you know parenting and making sure the floors aren't appalling like I don't have time right I just but I know I miss out on things like our family has a a messenger thing within Facebook or whatever Mm, yeah and so that's how they plan Easter and then someone has to call me okay Amy Easter's in Cochrane are you coming yeah Yeah." and I appreciate that they do phone me or email me Um, but there's lots of you know funny communication stuff that happens within that and sure yeah um, so there's lots of good but I just I think because I am so private like mm-hmm. I don't like pictures of my kids on Facebook. I just don't want to live online. I just mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. That and then the other factors. I'm just yeah, stuck yeah. with email.
0: Yeah, yeah. Early in the 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck with the old Yahoo account. One hundred percent. So I get my news. Yeah. Oh, all the good that's stuff. awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, I wanted to loop back to Fred Rogers. Um, I did end up watching the one documentary yeah. film. Um, oh, won't you be my neighbor? Yeah, yeah it was so, it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. He's such a beautiful soul. I don't. I you were the one who introduced me to him, and I, I haven't. I mean, did he did he write that book or oh yeah. is this a book written about yeah. him? Okay, so this Mr. Is Rogers his. talks with parents. Okay, yeah. does he have other books or is it just kind of the one? Or?
1: Um, he actually, <clears throat> if my memory is correct. Either he wrote them, or they were based on his show. There's a whole series for kids about oh, different life events. Children's books. Yeah. Oh, I Being didn't know. Being a friend that. and sharing and going to the hospital and stuff like that. Oh, ah, okay. Um, he wrote this. I don't know if there's another book that he wrote. I have the book "You Are Special," which is just a collection of his sayings. Um, so there's been many books written about him, certainly, but this mm-hmm. is one that he did that he did write. Um, I have this page full. Did you it. want to
0: read something from it? <clears throat> Excuse me.
1: Yeah, this kind of summarizes what we were talking about earlier with um, that you know parenting is a perpetual you know growth process mm. where the deeper you get with your kid, the deeper you have to get. Post traumatic growth. One hundred percent. Right, the deeper you have to get with yourself and. Yeah, there's certainly some trauma in the early years. Like, that's that's a true thing. Um, Becoming a first-time parent can bring us new uncertainties about who we are, but of one thing we can be quite certain. There is nothing as important for a newborn's growth as the close, loving care of another human being. Parents must confront their feelings continuously and intensely, and that confrontation goes on as long as we are parents. Parenting forces us to get to know ourselves better than we ever might have imagined we could, and in many new ways. We're bound to discover some surprising thoughts and feelings inside ourselves, some that will give us pleasure and others that will worry and maybe even frighten us. We'll discover talents we never dreamed we had and fervently wish for others at moments we feel we desperately need them. As time goes on, we'll probably discover that we have more to give and can give more than we ever imagined. But we'll also find that there are limits to our giving and that may be hard for us to accept. Being a parent is a complex thing. It involves not only trying to feel what our children are feeling, trying to know just how much to do to help them with what they cannot yet do for themselves, but also how much not to do. We must also learn to recognize our children's real capacities and respect their need to do things for themselves. As we discover more and more of the truth about ourselves and our children, what our needs and capacities are and what theirs are, we become more effective caregivers. There is one universal need that we all share, though. We all long to be cared for, and that longing lies at the root of our ability to care for our children. If the day ever came when we were able to accept ourselves and our children exactly as we and they are, then I believe we would have come very close to an ultimate understanding of what good parenting means.
0: Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. mm mm-hmm. <clears throat> Is is he just sort of an intuitive type? Like, how did he come to know this stuff, or where did he... Yeah, so he...
1: Oh, I should have done some review before we did this. <laughs> um, he started a television show for children because he felt strongly that there was nothing of value on television for kids. He was very alarmed at the... Because television is relatively new, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and just the promotion of violence. And for him, um, the degradation of human beings. Like for him, mm. the pie in the face. That right. actually made him angry. Because he's like, let's not laugh at, you know, taking away the dignity of someone else. Like humor or, at the expense of Yeah, at the expense of someone thing. else's dignity. And so um, he started a children's program. And it was, you know, a smaller one, didn't have a huge audience. And he wasn't really happy with that content either. And then mm-hmm. that's how he moved to start the neighborhood show. But he also was an ordained minister. He was a Presbyterian minister. So he had his, like, master's degree. In and theology. Yeah. yeah okay. And he worked very closely with Margaret McFarland, I believe her name was. Um, yeah. Who worked with Eric Erickson. And oh, so, okay. So very he had this steeped, developmental. Absolutely. Background. So everything he did was steeped in developmental psychology. So he mm-hmm. was very aware of you know all of the stages and all of sort of the underpinning. Um, mm, okay. Right, learning and development that was happening for kids, and that was seated in his deep respect for children. Like mm-hmm. he just believed that children were worthy of um, affection and respect, and that they had ideas and they had a voice. And it was up to the adult to listen. <laughs> so right. beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty.
0: It's pretty amazing. Do you think that he was very wounded in childhood? Like I kind of got that sense. Yeah. Like that maybe he was trying to, or maybe I that maybe that was my projection of like something he was mistreated or something, and then mm-hmm. as a result of that, he wanted to kind of like make right, like sh live by example and show the right. world how children like I just kind of got that sense I don't know if if they even went into that or like if, if he had it sort of or maybe he sensed that from society that children were kind of just like seen and not heard or well in the documentary that um
1: that I'm lending you the other document other documentary <laughs> <laughs> what's it called
0: um, oh, Mr. Rogers and me okay.
1: yeah mm-hmm they actually do talk about um, that he was overweight as a child, and he did get bullied. And there was one afternoon that these kids uh, chased him all the way home, yelling out, we're going to get you, Fat Freddy. Oh, And yeah. someone um, close to him very intuitively and very gently said, you know, if there hadn't been a Fat Freddy, I don't think there would have been a Mr. Rogers, right? right? That, um, again, that carving out, that wound, became the holding place for his capacity to love other people and to treat children with the respect and the dignity he knew he deserved, and Mm -hmm. he knew all children deserve. And something really um, quite amazing was that he was allowed to play out his feelings on a piano at home. Mm -hmm. And he said he was so thankful that his parents didn't say, well, that's not a nice song, Freddie. Play something happy. Don't be pounding out that ugly song. He was allowed. So when he would get home from a rough day of school, he was allowed to play it out. And that was a key part of what his show was about, was to give children these sort of emotional playgrounds, which is the language of Gordon Neufeld. Beautiful. But that when you feel something... You need to feel it and it's okay to express it and you must express it in a way that doesn't hurt other people Mm -hmm. but it needs to be felt and Mm -hmm. named. And he, you know, had a song about anger, you know, and doesn't it feel so good to know that you can control your arms and your hands even when you're angry, right? And so Mm -hmm. it was actually that that song and that position that won the funding to save PBS because it had come under the chopping block during that government's administration and all these people had presented, you know, to the senate i think um right and it was like yeah we don't care <laughs> about that from the, from the film and yeah. he was the one who and he got called on and he you know put his notes aside and just spoke from the heart of this gift that he wanted to give children to be aware of their feelings and um to know that there's adults that care and that will listen and will support them and this He's getting all teary. Okay, Fred, you brought your funding, and here's the, you know, two million dollars or whatever it was. Aww. But that that gift that he gave to, you know, a whole generation of people
0: mm-hmm. is
1: is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine because that really was the era of emotional repression. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. he had a lot of... We we can't even know what he gave that generation of children watching. Just some permission at some level, right, to... It's incredible. You should look up... um,
1: Just Google, like, I met Mr. Rogers in an elevator. There's this lovely news clip um, about, yeah, someone who by chance met Mr. Rogers after he just had his own loss recently and how mr rogers just was mr rogers because that's who he was right Aww. he just embodied that care and it was it was a life-giving you know almost life-saving encounter and that's what he gave to everyone was his full presence and that you hear that again and again in all the people that that knew him That somehow he was able to uh, live in that space that sacred space of being and whoever he was with that they were the whole world to them mm-hmm. to him in that moment and that's what we need, and we don't always get that in, like we said, this fast-paced mm-hmm, society mm-hmm. when people are busy and and we are, you know, under great demands. Absolutely, just regular life can be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> falling yeah, into bed at nine yeah. o'clock, exhausted. Um, but he was, he was so connected to his to the spiritual. I think dynamic of life, like he sort of lived in that realm of human connection and like agape love and you know these deeper um the deeper realities were I think his daily reality and so mm-hmm. he just sort of walked that out up at five he read his bible prayed for his family went swimming you like yep <laughs> that's a good start to the day yeah. you know I think he just lived at that pace of um yeah just being connected to his values and going slow and giving time
0: to whoever was in front of him What a profound soul. And I imagine his popularity as, you know, in terms of the TV show, I bet your kids watching that Mm -hmm. felt seen. Yeah. Right? Like just the pace and he was kind of almost speaking directly to them. And I bet you they've had this sense of being known, right? Because people really adored him. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, he would talk about... Because he was very aware of the effects of television too, right? So he was so intentional of now we're going to make believe and making sure that the children knew this is pretend. And now we're coming back to my house where this is real. And he said, ideally, there's an adult with an arm around the child to watch the show. But if there's not, I'll be that arm. Yeah. Right? I will support you. I'll make sure you understand... Because I mean, even when some of the superhero stuff started coming out, kids were jumping off like decks and out of windows to try to fly. And again, that just that actually stirred up anger in him because he's like, we need to be protecting our kids and making sure they understand the difference. And so he was so mindful to, Mm -hmm. you know, when all the topics that they covered were the real stuff. It was grief. It was loss. It was, you know, violence. Um, He didn't shy away Mm -hmm. like when one of the fish died on his show. I think a lot of children's shows would be like, oh, cut, get a new fish. Yeah. We take the scene with a new dory or whoever. He's like, oh, do you see how he's at the bottom? Oh, dear, this is very sad. And then they had a (laughs) funeral. So beautiful. (laughs) But just that, like, like you say, those kids lived that with him. Yeah. And that's powerful. Yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah. No, he's... He's a profound one. He was a profound one, yeah. And he's the one that um, I thought that I had it saved. Oh, um, talk. He talked about. You know, we we look at what children need to survive, as we should. But we at this time, he said, we're not looking enough at how children thrive in difficult situations. Like how it, how does that happen? Because I see it happen all the time, where the child who had, you know, such a challenging start to life they can flourish as adults and Mm -hmm. he he wanted to know why and he said um, until we know more we have to guess and speculate here's what I think the roots of a child's ability to cope and thrive regardless of circumstance lie in that child's having had at least a small safe place an apartment, a room, a lap in which in the companionship of a loving person that child could discover that he or she was lovable and capable of loving in return
0: Mm yep (laughs) yeah that's beautiful yeah that's it right the essence of resilience a place to rest and 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 go through that grief process Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i've been so like especially
1: in this new season of like it is busy i'm working now Um, that's an adjustment from being home right for 10 Mm -hmm. years i'm very aware that i want my pursuit of the girls to trump their pursuit of me because mm-hmm. I know I have fallen short in that especially adjusting to not being at home and then you come home to the in my case the disaster of making lunches and leaving at eight in the morning mm-hmm. um you know when you're at home that's all done laundry's done floors are done and then it's just right playtime after school now it's like oh my stars <laughs> and I get up at five I'm like I don't know what how get up at 4 I probably still would <laughs> have <laughs> crubs on the counter <laughs> I'm like what is wrong with me anyways um, so I know that Annie has she has articulated this is not sufficient like I need more play time I do not yeah I am not happy like we are not playing Barbies anymore and it's you know it's not tolerable for her so she's let me know and there was one time I was on my phone texting and she's like, mommy. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like trying to listen to her story, but I'm like needed to not get present, this text yeah. done. <clears throat> and she said, mommy, listen. I said, I'm listening. She comes over. <laughs> I want your real attention. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. There's a difference. And I was like, phone
0: down. Annie. Yes. Lock, right. lock and load. Yeah. Um, to try to get ahead of that and, totally. and not wait for the demand. Exactly. To present um, itself,
1: so I've been very mm-hmm. um, mindful of trying to just reignite that, and mm-hmm. and even the "I love yous" um, that Maya love you to the girls is like over the top, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not, yeah, yeah. I love you too. It's like I love you so much. Sometimes I think my heart is going to just explode in my chest. Mm-hmm. Me too. I love you so much, and then we go back and forth. But I'm always like, nope,
0: I'm winning. I'm trumping. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then I always say to Annie, <laughs> "I love you." Uh, she's like, I love you more. I said, well, I loved you first. I loved you when you were a jelly bean. And then right when my tongue yeah, well, I yeah. loved you when you were a jelly bean. And then one day she said, I loved you first because I loved you when I was still in heaven. <laughs> like, before <laughs> I was born, I'm like, we're going to talk about that. But just, right, just to be reminded of these beautiful um, truths that, that Gordon Neufeld shares mm-hmm. so eloquently. You know, you have to trump that, you know, I love you. I love you too. Not good enough. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. So exactly. he said that they have to know, like, I love you. I would walk across broken glass for you. I would swim mm-hmm. across the ocean for you. I would, you know,
0: mm-hmm. so that
1: they're full, so that they're, you know, they can leave the banquet table satiated. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, there's like a crumb here and like yeah, a, something there. Exactly. And now we're back to satiation. Yes.
0: Know how that happens. Yes. The buffet. Of, we're back. Yeah. Back to satiation. Back to the start. <laughs> back to the start.
1: Uh,
0: have you ever read the book The Runaway Bunny? Are you familiar with that children's no, book? No, but we love bunnies, so it's adorable. It on me. It's. I think it's like, 60s or 70s. It's definitely yeah. got the like old. Good. I love it. Old vibes yeah. to it in terms of the illustrations and that, but it's so sweet. It's essentially a mother bunny trumping. Her baby bunny. Mm. Baby mm-hmm. bunny tries to, you know, run away. And she says, I will find you at the end mm-hmm. of the earth kind of thing. Like, oh, no matter where it. you go, yeah. I will find you. yeah, And you are not going to get out of me taking care of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and eventually, of course, at the end, the little baby bunny rests. Yeah, But that pursuit, yeah, you know, and... Baby bunny is always trying to push away and run away. And, yeah. and mama just says, no, no, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's a little video on speaking about social media. Some yeah. of the things that you see are so heartwarming. Yes. And speak to attachment. And, you know, a video is a million words <laughs> sort yeah. of way. But there was this, uh, I can't remember what kind of bird it was. It was some sort of duck or something, but it was in a farmer's field and it was on top of its eggs. Mm -hmm. And this farmer obviously noticed it and um, had driven the tractor over top of it. And the mom sat on top of her eggs and then you see the the plows Mm -hmm. lifting up and going right over top of her and she's she's still oh, and it's, it just misses goodness. her by a hair oh, and she goodness. just stays yeah. strong over her eggs like oh you are goodness. going to have to get through this if you want to get through <laughs> my eggs so, <laughs> oh my and God, it reminds it. me of the story about the you were telling me about the mother who bird again or duck or something who got singed yeah yeah is that a true story I or think so that a, like a biblical story or something or uh, no
1: I think but I think my sister told me, so mm-hmm. that's my source is my sister, mm-hmm. but I think that um that it happened in the wild where uh, like a goose or a a duck or something mm-hmm. had been
0: burnt um, protecting her her babies. Wow, yeah. that instinct, hey, yeah, that alpha instinct, yeah,
1: well, and it's yeah, it's just amazing this whole like again, I was reading this um a few days ago talking about the the two year old self and how you know that developmental task the homework for a 2 year old is is finding out who they are and so they mm. mustify yeah they mustify in order to create their own boundary and yes you know he's like the language terrible twos just sets everybody up to fail like why can't we call it the the awesome twos right <laughs> or or the, the season- punk twos <laughs> right yeah you tell them no right because if you don't like uh, what he said um called the season of um differentiation or something like that. Yeah, that that makes sense. And, you know, his ability to respect others starts with his ability to respect himself, which is what he's doing it to. And that's why we have to be, as Circle of Security says, bigger, stronger, wiser, kinder. We don't take Mm -hmm. it personally when the two-year-old, you know, says, no, mommy, I do it, and maybe... Add some other words. <laughs> in there too, I hate you, right? you <laughs> um, but to to hold that posture of these these strong hands that know the develop like devel- developmental homework of the of the child, yeah. like that's how we keep trumping so that we're we're the context for their their growing up, mm-hmm. and that's part of that you know rite of passage thing that you talked about is just really coming to terms with how much it hurts to love these people in some way because mm-hmm. you're always releasing mm-hmm. you know I remember thinking that from the moment that the girls were born and like cut the umbilical cord you're like well there's the first there's separation of, the first <laughs> of many cuts first, right <laughs> and you're like man everyone is going to hurt as much as labor I for my heart like uh-huh. man first day of grade one for Annie I was that lady crying in the bathroom not in front of her <laughs> I don't want to give her more issues than she <laughs> i'm very aware of like call your friends go to the bathroom (laughs) totally contain my own stuff but we were i think i told you we were sitting on the rug and i was kind of reading her a story and she was so solemn like when she's you know doing something she just goes kind of into herself and gets very stoic and she just gave me a little push like it's time to go stand up (laughs) walk right out of the classroom right into the girl's bathroom what like i had done it with alice and we were okay I don't know what was happening. And then I'm in the parking lot, and there's three women around me. We're all hugging and crying, and you're (laughs) like, what is going on? But I'm like, I just think I have to make peace with the fact that, you know, change is hard for me. Transition is hard for me. Goodbyes, super hard. So Mm -hmm. I breathe, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Just like with labor, you just have to (laughs) ride the (laughs) wave. Ride the wave. And be prepared to (laughs) breathe. hurt like the dickens <laughs> oh my goodness mm. um but that's part of it right mm-hmm. and then there's joy that comes with it because the joy of you know giving birth is this incredible human being mm-hmm. and every stage you get to fall in love with them again because they are new at every stage mm-hmm. like 10 year old alice she is hilarious mm-hmm. she is marvelous and mm-hmm. this, you know one year old alice was also those things but now she's this new being who we yeah. can engage and connect in ways that we couldn't before, and so there's that joy that comes with the, uh, oh my goodness, all your sleepers are forever in a bag, yeah. <laughs> footed jammies, no longer a thing. Although onesies and kids are like now a new thing, so she
0: actually does have <laughs> but a she's Never gonna fit back. those little baby jammies. No, yeah. never. Right, mm-hmm. and so
1: um, it's just it's kind of remarkable to go through this process with these people who you just adore. And to watch them and to actually see them. Like, there's sometimes, again, where you just sort of get caught in the, the trap of daily living and you're... I've the got dishwasher trap.
0: Totally. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Down at the bottom with all the particulate. <laughs> totally.
1: And every once in a while, and I hope, I hope more than more than not, or at least increasing in frequency, like so I look at them and it's like, Annie... <laughs> you know, Alice, like, I see them like I've never seen them before. And I, like, I see these little human beings. You're
0: like marveling at their being. Yeah. yeah,
1: And just, you're you. It's very easy to live like this because you're so responsible for them, or at least you have been for the first number of years. Mm-hmm. And they're such a central part of of your existence, right? Like, I just... They're it's easy t- to, like, take them for granted that they're yeah. just sort of... And I just take care of them, and we, you know, yeah. make our lunches together, and we just do all these things, and all of a sudden it's like... I'm just seeing you, and it's incredible. Like you're this little human being, with your own experiences and your own yeah. story, and you're seeing me. How's that going? <laughs> 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 right? Like there's sometimes um, I'm very I'm very proud of us that our morning departures, while they may have crumbs on the counter, there is no yelling. Like we don't leave the house mm. in stress, and even if I'm got some turmoil, um, we just don't leave yelling. And I'm very I'm happy about that. Mm. But certainly there's times where, you know, I lose my you know, lose my cool, get all mean mummy as Annie says. Is mean mummy coming out tonight? <laughs> like, well, it's ten o'clock, so yeah, she's she's on her way. Like there's always so much to take. But I thought, My goodness, I kinda want to like hold a mirror up beside Annie's face to see what she sees. Because I don't look in the mirror doing my makeup with my ugliest face. (laughs) Like, I don't. Like, that must be scary.
0: Yeah. It would be a scary
1: face to see. And so even just the idea of doing that can check me and be like, okay, Yeah, if only
0: we could see ourselves. Could you imagine? You know, like like when you you record something, and then you go back and listen. It's a completely different experience of that conversation. Yeah. Totally different experience. Like a self-conscious one? (laughs) 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 Don't send this to me. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. It is very, very... It gives a way different form of feedback. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, imagine. I've always thought that. Like, imagine if we could just, like, look into like the records mm-hmm. you know of existence and just watch a video of a portion of our mm-hmm. you know that that fight we had or whatever it was that you know that we can't seem to get in touch with like what happened there mm-hmm. you know or just see ourselves for a moment mm-hmm. you know and i i think of like what you're talking about earlier with looking getting down on the level of a child and seeing through their little eyes like mm-hmm. way down there mm-hmm. <laughs> and however ho- tall yeah. they are you know and like imagine like you know it's easy to see from the outside when you see from afar someone mm-hmm. else but you see those you know the child walking and they have their hands straight up in the air in order to mm-hmm. hold the hand of their parents like that's how tiny they are mm-hmm. but they're just like their hand yeah. is way up here and and you know it we do this weird thing where we try to get kids out of the way of other adults mm-hmm. like I I want to start like a like a movement where it's like us us other adults in society like we can handle it yeah you don't need to get your kids out of the way mm-hmm. I, I, get, I get that there's a protective instinct there like there is that sort of like stranger or danger and you know right. like you know but a lot of it is like this sort of people will apologize to me in public like if their child is mm. aimlessly wandering the hall of the grocery store and they're like 3 <laughs> it's like they're 3 yeah i get that they don't they're not paying attention to me yeah. and me needing to get by i can handle it yeah i'm an adult i can wait one second that's right and you know chances are your kid will see me there when they mm-hmm. do and they'll get a little bit alarmed because they also have that instinct that yeah. i that they don't know me and then they'll move and then i'll go by it's okay like we don't need to grab them so quickly and get them out of the way yeah right like i don't want to inconvenience you or something Mm -hmm. i think that's the disconnect of like not being connected to each other as a community we're Mm -hmm. all just in the grocery store as these strangers yeah you know but i don't expect a two-year-old to be paying attention. <laughs>
1: no, and it's so true. And it's something having you know having gone through those years and and knowing that you know the high stress that can come from the grocery store. Oh, yeah. amygdala on, <laughs> sweat <laughs> happening. You're like just get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't care
1: anything in the world because <laughs> it's terrible. Like your like your whole parenting self is out there, and there's lots of judgy people who have no problem to whatever and so having um having kind of gone through those years I take great delight in delighting in the you know children of other people yes to be in a store and to you know just give a smile it doesn't matter if the kid is being adorable or or not crying and pulling their hair (laughs) out you know to look and smile like oh man been there right yeah it's everything has a season and encouraging people because why not like it's it is just a time it is incredibly hard and you can still take delight in these little people who have real needs and maybe they're hungry and maybe they're tired and whatever else right but and they hate grocery shopping as, as much, much as, as the parents you do, yeah. <laughs> but absolutely there's been many uh many times where i've encountered a mom who seems a little frazzled or the kid is acting out and we just connect being like, oh man, I remember, I remember this. You're doing awesome. Like this yeah. is not an easy gig. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of dispel some of that tension and, yeah. and invite that child to be However, you know, it's, it's okay. Like you said, you yeah. can be here. Yeah. <laughs> it's I can handle ride. the screaming. Yeah. No big deal. I expect that from a two year old. Um, absolutely I think just to extend that kindness and to, you know your your kid is okay you're okay you're mm-hmm. doing good yeah <laughs> you know um, I funny little grocery store uh, story that I heard on the radio Charles Price who I love um, has a show on AM 930 The Light and he <laughs> he's a minister in Toronto grocery stories that yeah. should be a name of <laughs> grocery <laughs> <Don't> stories <laughs> he said to his knowledge this is a true story because it was told to him firsthand by the woman who experienced it so this is a true anecdote um her and her little boy he's like three and a half went to the grocery store and she said to him we are not getting cookies today doesn't matter how many times you ask <laughs> we're not getting <laughs> cookies mommy can i have these cookies no <laughs> right mommy can i have one bag of cookies no sit down he tries to put them in the cart she takes them out, right? So finally, he grabs these cookies, stands up, and says, In Jesus' name, can I have these cookies? <laughs> she said, We went home with 10 bags of cookies. Because all these people were like, I'll buy him cookies. I'll buy him cookies. So, like you you say, like this community in the grocery store. That little guy had a community in the grocery store that day. Wow. Right? And it was so adorable that he, well, that's the language I've heard at home. People ask for things. In that manner, So <laughs> <laughs> in that manner. Kids are brilliant. It worked. He got many, many cookies that day. That was <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Kids are brilliant. Kids are brilliant. And that's what Haim Gannat always says. There is so much intelligence and purpose in the things that kids say. They are trying to get information. A question that seems way out there. They want to know, are you a safe person? What will happen if I do this? You know, they're always looking to figure out their environment. And so if we can try to see from their perspective, try to understand, because there's a reason often for what they're doing or what they're saying, Mm -hmm. then we can connect in a way that's compassionate and kind, you know, preserve the dignity of the person, preserve their feelings, deal with the behavior, but depersonalize it, you know? Mm -hmm. You said, you know, can we treat our kids like we treat our guests? Like, would that be terrible?
0: Mm -hmm. You know,
1: if your guest forgets their umbrella, do you run after them and say, oh, for the last time? Like, every time you come to my house, you forget something. Your sister, when she visits, she doesn't forget anything. You know, if a guest spills... We protect their feelings. And we say, that's okay. Here's a sponge. Mm -hmm. If a child spills, well, why are you so clumsy? How could you
0: have, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And
1: I just love that. I just, yeah, I love that. I think you will love him. His book is called. I
0: will definitely check him out.
1: Between parent and child. I think you will love it.
0: Okay, I'll check that out. He's in our camp. Oh, I'm mindful of time. Speaking (laughs) of children, (laughs) I have to go get them. You have to go get your babies. (laughs) I do, I do, I do. Well, it's (sighs) been... uh, Beautiful talking with you as always. You too. And I would love to do it again sometime. We'll just have like regular Amy segments as often <laughs> as you're willing. Sorry, world. <laughs> I love, I love your brain and your quest, you know, your thirst for knowledge. Yeah, yeah and you have so much of it. I just like need to learn how to speed read you know i
1: And like i feel like my brain is so foggy oh especially this past yeah a few weeks i'm like come on come on neurons you can do it you can do it <laughs> <Step> <laughs> Talk. listen
0: up guys i do i do that and then i drink
1: london fogs and then it, it all helps london that. defog yeah <laughs> totally
0: totally oh, oh my goodness well thank you for this okay. invitation and opportunity yes. i love connecting with you thank you you too okay i'm sure everyone else will enjoy it as much as we have enjoy our our laughs, <laughs> and our time there together. is no shortage of laughter when we are together yes true true story